What a fascinating yet challenging time to be a leader. And in this Leading by Nature series, I interview pioneering leaders from diverse organizations, exploring future fit leadership and organizational development. I'm Giles Hutchins, executive coach, senior advisor and author of many books, the latest being Leading by Nature, which explores the inner nature and outer nature of the organization and the inner and outer nature of the leader as they journey toward regenerative futures. Welcome to the Leading by Nature podcast with myself, Giles Hutchins, and my guest today, Jane Maylett, Managing Director of the creative agency True Story. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Jane. Thank you, Giles. It's my absolute pleasure. So we're going to dive straight in, as always. And perhaps, Jane, you can start by sharing a bit about True Story's reason for being, its passion and its purpose. Yes. So True Story, we're a creative agency for retailers and brands. And our passion and purpose at heart is about helping our people and our clients flourish um, through the creative work that we do together with them. Very, very simply put. Yeah. If I was to describe a little bit more practically what we do, we're in kind of three areas of work. We create and refresh and manage brands. So how uh, brands show up um, from a look and feel perspective, from a tone of voice, how they express themselves in the world. We also create experiences for customers from uh, designing shops to digital experiences. And we create content for our, our partners, whether that's advertising, marketing and all of the rest of that. So those are the sort of three buckets in which we in which we live. But we're a creative business at heart, stuff full of creative people. Um, and we're here to basically bring fantastic commercial benefits to our clients, but in a very, very collaborative and purpose driven way. There's a bit more going on, if I may, because yeah. um, we first came across each other because you very kindly, um, well, we actually came across each other ages ago at a, uh, a, comf- uh, a conscious leadership workshop that you came to because, you know, yeah. uh, a joint friend of ours, Jane, yeah. uh, um, CEO of Walida. Um, and then we got to know each other and you very kindly offered to do uh, the your, your true story, did the look and feel the images um, for regenerative leadership, the book I, I co-wrote with Laura Storm. And what I learned firsthand was that true story really is about authenticity, as the name suggests, and bringing out the authenticity of the brands, working authentically with the brands, and also working authentically in your own souls and your culture. We'll come to the culture of true story in a bit. But if we look at what I call the outer nature, the way in which the organization engages with its customers. Um, it's quite interesting being a creative agency, isn't it, in, in this world at the moment? There's so much going on. Um, and I know that you went through some challenges in COVID, like many businesses, um, and you've had uh, had to let go of a, a, a large client and so forth. But you're constantly reinventing yourselves. Um, how do you um, do that in a way that is also remaining true to your own story? Well, that's a really good question. And I think the whole, um, the essence of true story, because you've sort of dug a layer deeper, is really about these authentic relationships that we have with each other and with clients. And, you know, authenticity is a word that's been bandied about for such a long time. And I came out of a, of, of a very big corporate organization and a, and, a, and a corporate world into a smaller business. And the um, 
opportunity to create and nurture real culture based on what you truly believe in was the most fantastic um, opportunity and something that shaped this sort of stage of my, my sort of life and career. Um, and when we um, when, when the business actually, uh, I, I renamed the business True Story, a lot of people had said to me, you know, you tell me all these things about the business, can it possibly be true? And actually, it, it all is true, because we are exactly who we say we are. And we work with clients who work in a very authentic way in true partnership. Um, yes, it is a very cyclical business, because client relationships also have times and seasons and clients come and go. And agencies themselves, um, you know, one of the things about creative agencies is sometimes, you know, a small group of people will peel off and start something else themselves, like seeds, you know, coming coming from a plant and regrowing. We, we've actually been around for a long time in our current format since 2007. So this constant cycle of changing, growing, with a core of who we are at the middle, but you know, to change around that is 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 really sort of intrinsic to who we are. Um, I think that in the world we operate in, relationships have become shorter. Yeah. Often between clients and, and and agencies, so it's about really understanding where you are in those life cycles and nurturing and 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 growing those relationships for the seasons that you're together. It's interesting though, and I like your relationship with the seasons. Uh, there's also a need to almost, you know, uh, at creative agencies, people like newness and innovation and freshness, especially in this world where we think everything's sort of exciting and, and digital. And yet we also want wisdom. We also want depth of experience. And I know you guys, you've had, well, you've got about at least five decades represented in your organisation from the 20s through to people in their 60s. Um, and yet you are constantly reinventing yourselves and bringing in freshness. How do you hold that balance, that tension, as it were, between wisdom and freshness? I think it's a really good question. I think there's often an assumption that wisdom only comes from older people, which, of course, is not true either. And um, at the same time, innovation, curiosity doesn't only come from younger people. But actually, this blend of wisdom and innovation is absolutely core to what we deliver for and with our clients because I think they really do appreciate that we're grown up in the truest sense of the word um, but we have to and it's again it's part of, of, of you know the spirit of who we are that we that we want to and we have to remain curious constantly because the world is moving at such a rapid rate and also for many of our corporate clients you know people don't stay in jobs very long um, but it is a delicate balance, you know, I think uh, it, it's, it's very important, but there's a, just a huge assumption that wisdom comes from older people and innovation comes from younger people. And that's absolutely not true. But the blend is magical. Yes. And th this then sort of also brings us to the culture and how important it is to sort of live that in the day to day. Um, but before we go into the culture, there's one more thing I'd like to share, which is that the work you did on the book, Regenerative Leadership, was actually pro bono for free. And you actually have always over the years um, offered sort of pro bono work. Why? Well, um, it's an important part of um, what I believe in. But if we have an opportunity to share our talents and skills uh, with organisations or individuals who are doing something for the greater good and it's something we believe in, we have a stream of work that we call Design for Good um, that enables us to do that. 
it's not entirely a philanthropic thing in the sense that our own people love the opportunity to work on different things. And often the pro bono work is something, well, in the case of actually your and Laura's book, was something different. And so there's a great learning and growth opportunity for people doing that as well. Um, but I also just believe that, you know, it's important the, the whole circle of, of giving and, 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 and growing as a business, that's just how it all works. And I believe in it. Um, and I think, you know, if I was running a cake shop and selling cakes, I'd probably give some away as well. But um, it's very, there, there's definitely, um, there's a real upside for us in terms of having the opportunity to work on different things with people who've got passion and purpose. And perhaps we might not have come across them if we weren't working in this way. Mm. So we're, we're touching on a few things here, which um, you know can happily be married into a sort of regenerative leadership language. You know, we're talking about sort of seasonality and having to regrow and reinvent and go through and recognize some clients at different seasons and others or some contracts and some parts of the business. So managing or working with and sensing those different levels of seasonality. We're also talking about sort of wisdom, freshness. Uh, and, and here we're talking about reciprocity and right relation, knowing that there's a flow and there's a circularity of growing and giving all the time. Uh, so there's a lot, there's a lot here. Now, if we then pivot into the inner nature, the culture of your organization, how would you describe your core values and how are they actually lived in the day to day? Well, I think um, authenticity in terms of the nature of our relationships with each other is very important part of how we are as a team. So that sense of a group of people who are actually all contributing to a process um, across their different functions and roles, that sense of being together, being authentic um, is, is really key. You know, fulfillment is one of our values. So we want people to feel fulfilled in what they're doing. Um, service, which sounds like a really old fashioned word, is also service to each other and to our clients. Um, we're here to support, to help each other and our clients. So it sounds a very old fashioned word, but it is core to what we're doing. And then, you know, perpetual imagination, learning and determination is another key part of it. Um, but there is a, I, th I suppose everybody feels it, don't they, about their own businesses, but I think there is a sort of special spirit in the, in the nature of how we all work together to produce something for our clients. And so how did, it, I mean, obviously during COVID, um, we had to all sort of work in different environments and lockdown and so forth. How did that affect things? How did, how did, how did things, how did that special way um, keep on going? And what happened the other side? I think it was really, really hard. And I remember the day that I closed the front door of our building and went home. I felt bereft, actually, at the thought of these 90 people that I wasn't going to see. And it was really quite shocking when you look back on it now. I think we were fortunate we were able to, we were digitally enabled, we were able to do everything we needed to do remotely. But it was extremely hard. And, you know, I, I found it very hard. I describe it like shouting down a wind tunnel you know, going on to these big Zoom calls to try and keep everybody connected. It was tough for everybody. So we worked really hard to stay connected, all of the leaders speaking to their teams. But there was a loss of the sense of, of community that we have without a question of a doubt. And there was also a drift away where people became less attached to the whole. And we were open as soon as we possibly could be because we also recognized there were people who lived on their own or for all sorts of reasons were desperate to be back in the environment again so it, it was a real change but I think the end of 
of the end, so to speak, of, of COVID or the pandemic lockdown scenarios, us coming in, us also going through this big change, losing one of our big clients, those two things kind of conflated into, because we had a lot of people moving on in different ways, um, a kind of reawakening of all the things that everybody loved about being part of it at a time when we were brought back together post-COVID, but also some a big chunk of people were moving on. There was great sort of, we had all sorts of, you know, gatherings and things to sort of mark the end of something, the end of the pandemic and the end of this big relationship we'd been having, actually. Um, but there was a great deal of, I know it sounds very corny, but there was a great deal of sort of love and appreciation for each other, which to a degree had been lost, you know, uh, in part, um, if we're all really honest, during the pandemic. And 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 sometimes absence makes the heart grow fonder in a way. You know, sometimes we we, we notice more when things are taken away from us. So in, in, in some way, did COVID shape your leadership or, or allow you to notice things in your own leadership style? Well, I really noticed how easy it is to make assumptions about people based on seeing a thumbnail size picture of them on a screen, people you've never met. So I think where there are relationships that are established, it's much easier to keep that, you know, to do that on a screen. Um, but, you know, I'd experienced, you know, people that I'd met for the first time on a screen. And then when I met them in real life, not only were they two foot taller than I thought they were, but the, the vibe of the person was entirely different. And it really made me think um, about how I come across, how people, what assumptions people make about me and to make sure to sort of mind all my own assumptions when I'm, you know, sort of um, meeting people virtually or or in real life, if it comes to that. Um, I do think that we, we work very, very hard to create as many in real life experiences with our clients as possible because the, the quality of conversation um, and the debate and um, mutual understanding is infinitely better in real life, particularly if you've got more than four people in a room. I think that the idea that you've got 20 people in half hour increments plowing through a, a schedule of meetings is absolute torture. And, you know, the sorts of behaviours, unfortunately, that we would never dream of doing in real life, like passing notes to each other in a real life meeting. One of my absolute pet hates is people who will text each other during a presentation to ask each other what they think of it. Um, you know, all sorts of very bad behaviours have come off the back of it. So, of course, it's brilliant to be able to work remotely and do all of the rest of that. But for really good quality conversations, um, we're really encouraging people to come into our space or we go into theirs and we make sure we do that. Yeah. And that all said, just so the listeners are aware, you actually had a very healthy hybrid way of working well before COVID, didn't you? So it's not yeah, that you're... Yeah. We did. Oh, gosh, no. And also hybrid working is here to stay. You know, not everybody is here every day of the week. Um, it's just that, you know, and some people say to me, oh, well, not necessarily in our organisation. Oh, I'd really happy never to go ever into a, an office or whatever again. Uh, that's not we what we believe in. You know, we've got a flexible approach, but for at least two or three days a week, we're all together. Um, but yeah, we can work anywhere. And that's fantastic. You know, we lived our disaster recovery plan, as most organisations did when we all had to suddenly go home. Um, and it all worked absolutely brilliantly. We can do it. But the absolute heart and soul of what we do benefits from real life you know real life conversation particularly in the creative world you know you, you want to really you know have good quality conversations and make some of those um connection meetings together therefore more meaningful as a result rather than Definitely. sort of you know so when you're in the office or when you're absolutely um, out in the woods together or whatever it is oh you know, yes definitely you know, <laughs> talking about the woods um you've been here 
uh-huh. uh, to Springwood. We're very, very, very honored to have you here. And obviously, we've been journeying together in our coaching relationship. Uh, what does regenerative leadership mean for you? When I went to Springwood, um, it was a fantastic opportunity for me to be completely outside the environment that I am normally in. And also with a very diverse group of people who came from very different professional backgrounds to mine and gaining a deeper understanding of all of the facets of regenerative leadership in an environment that was spectacularly different for me was um, absolutely uh, well it would be it wouldn't be an exaggeration to say it was life-changing it really challenged my thinking and has led me to as you know want to sort of explore and understand this better and the core things about the day that I particularly remember um, in terms of thinking about what it means to me was getting much clearer about purpose um, and being with a group of people actually talking about why they were doing what they were doing um, and how to really start to think about the things that I talk about in terms of our sustainable business, really broadening out what I mean by that, and that's a work in progress. And I think that's come off the back of learning more about regenerative leadership. That probably sounds like a load of absolute gobbledygook that I've just said, but that that's me trying to sum up, I guess, what it means to me at this point. But it's a big learning that I'm sort of in at the moment. Yeah. And this is the part of the challenge often is that this it's a journey. Um, and actually opening into that journey can sometimes, you know, almost feel like losing a sense of anchoring but actually what we do is just losing a sense of anchoring to something that was um more sort of achiever orientated and actually deepening our anchoring more into ourselves um it's been a real honor working with you and true story you do some really powerful and important work in the world um any tips that you might have for others on this journey well i think to just go back to the springwood experience what i think um doing work with you giles has done is given me a different language and framework and understanding about a lot of things that I believed in either instinctively or as a result of you know my own sort of personal journey sort of on the planet Um, and my number one tip would be to avoid being what I would describe as a sleep at the wheel because time goes so fast and the advice I would give anybody is to constantly check in with yourself and give yourself those new and different immersion experiences that really challenge your thinking. Um, I was talking to somebody at the weekend about the sense that I'm 65 and the sense that time speeds up as you get older. And somebody was, the person I was talking to was saying, well, actually it's because generally speaking, when you're younger, you have so many new experiences that time goes more slowly because that's the way your brain works, not very well described by me. And therefore, that whole thing about um, not being asleep at the wheel when these years speed up becomes even more important. So I want to keep being curious and learn and expand your mind into these concepts, which can, if you work in the commercial world, as I do, can feel like a million miles away from what you what, what, what you might have been trained to think is the way you should approach leadership if not life itself so yes don't be asleep at the wheel and keep being open and curious because it's the most wonderfully refreshing thing I drove away from Springwood feeling as if I'd had a cross between sort of a week at a spa and three gin and tonics in rapid succession honestly it was so enlivening 
I just wanted to do more of it. So I just want to keep expanding my mind. And um, it's, uh, you know, it's a whole other topic, ageism and how people see themselves as they get older. But, you know, I'm just hungry for learning more and more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to say, it's been some years since I've had three gin and tonics in fast succession. Um, so I, I don't know how, I, how stimulating that would be for me now. But I have to say, you know, thank you. It's been a really interesting conversation. Um, there's much more I, I want to ask you, um, but definitely this sort of balance of wisdom and freshness of how we allow the organization to keep on reinventing itself and keep itself alive whilst remaining true to its core values and how actually COVID can help shapers or adversity can reveal genius uh, and how keeping ourselves fresh and curious to expanding our minds and allowing that to flood into us and actually slow down time and be more present so we're not asleep at the wheel. Love it. Any final comments from you, Jane, before we sign off? No, because you said it so much better than I was trying to articulate. So thank you, Giles. Oh, lovely to chat with you. Thank you very much, Jane. For more on Leading by Nature, you can follow me, Giles Hutchins, on LinkedIn and visit gileshutchins.com for free downloads of tools and practices for regenerative leadership and future fit business. Also, watch out for my latest book, Leading by Nature, The Process of Becoming a Regenerative Leader.